faithful and loyal viewers, readers, and listeners. Welcome to the segment of the verse of the day. And today's verse is finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, the moral excellence, and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. It's Philippians 4, 8 through 9. <coughs> Paul is telling us here that our that minds are focused on these seven qualities. Experience the peace of God. True is ethical truthfulness. Honorable and noble to be respected. Uh, justice is giving people what they deserve. Pure is holy in relation to God. Lovely mentioned only here in the New Testament. It's attractive, commendable, awesome. Also only used here in the New Testament is praiseworthy. The God of peace complements the peace of God from verse 7 in that life with these characteristics encourages God's presence. Little sum on this up, Paul understood the influence of our thoughts on our lives. And then what we allow to occupy our minds will sooner or later determine our speech and our actions. <coughs> Paul's exhortation to well on these things is followed by a second exhortation to do what you have learned and received and heard. A combination, combination of virtues listed in verses 8 through 9 is sure to produce a wholesome thought pattern, which in turn will result in, the, in a life of moral and spiritual excellence. And that concludes our verse of the day. Now we're going to move on to the, our next to the last segment of Covenant Law, and the topic today is what happened to Israel when they failed to keep God's law. Several passages of scripture in the first says what the Lord, the God of their ancestors, sent word against them by the hand of his messengers, saying them time and time again for he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. They kept ridiculing God's messengers, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the Lord's wrath was so stirred up against his people that there was no remedy. So he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their feet young men from the sword in the house of their sanctuary. He had no on young men or young women, elderly or aged, he handed them all over to him. He took everything to Babylon, all the articles of God's temple, large and small, the treasury of the Lord's temple, the treasuries of the king and his officials. Then the Chaldeans burned God's temple. They tore down Jerusalem's wall, burned all its palaces, and all, destroyed all its valuable articles. He deported those who, ex who escaped from the sword to Babylon. And they became servants to him and his sons until the rise of the Persian kingdom. Then Second Chronicles thirty six fifteen through twenty. And the second passage says this therefore say this is what the Lord God says, though I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them along the country, and yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. This is Ezekiel eleven sixteen. And the last one says Now Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a strong hand and made your name renowned, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have acted wickedly. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, may your anger and wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, for because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of ridicule. To all those around us, that's Daniel 9, 15 through 16. So in that answer to our first question of what happened when Israel couldn't keep God's commands, God sent Israel out of the land. He gave them 
that's it. God sent these right out of the land and gave them into exile. Then he removed his presence from the temple. The greatest consequence of sin is separation from God. Because God is holy. It is because God is so good and pure. He can't be in the presence of evil and sin. These are the opposite of what is holy. The authors of the Bible understood exile to be a curse that God had put on them. When they required repentance in order to have the curses lifted and to be restored to their homeland. Excuse me. 4 through 19. When we are separated from God, the proper response is to repent. It works like this. Because God is holy, His nature and presence makes a war on what is corrupt and unholy. Even when it, even when it is within us, the people He loves. Now, because God isn't love, because He is, His holiness and love will fight against everything that is trying to destroy us. Even when it is within us. But when we're unholy, there's a danger in us being close to the holy presence of God. God's holiness is at war with the sin within us. That is why Adam and Eve were banned from the garden. That is why it is dangerous. That is why it was dangerous for the Israelites to approach Mount Sinai when God appeared. That is why God sent the people of Israel into exile when they broke the covenant, failed to keep the law, and became sinful. As a punishment, God expelled them from the promised land so that they would experience the loss of their relationship with Him. Have you ever experienced being separated from God? We want to be close to Him and to be in, in a vibrant relationship with Him. But it requires that we be holy so that we're left wondering how we can become holy. It is, it is, it is simple as well as life-changing. We turn from sin and turn to Him. We ask forgiveness and trust His mercy for us in Jesus. As we commit ourselves to prayer, to scripture reading, to fellowship in a local church, and to serving others like Jesus did, we begin to see His mercy at work in us. Spend some time today thinking about how you can turn from what separates you from God so you can be closer to 